Welcome to the hood, mother... Don't say something you'll regret later. The following content you are about to hear may be offensive to some listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. Go on, talk your head off. Shout, clap, slam! Hi there, and welcome to another edition of Shout, Clap, Slam, live from the Vancouver Poetry Slam. I'm your host, R.C. Weslowski. This week's show comes from Monday, December the 30th, and it was... And is, I guess, still somewhere in the world and on the internet and on the radio, the final Vancouver Poetry Slam of 2013. And we were really lucky to have as our feature Kelsey Savage. Kelsey used to be a regular member of the Van Slam scene for a while, but for the last few years, she's been studying Lindy Hop dancing and swing dancing. So she hasn't been uh, coming out to the Slam that much because it's been happening on Monday nights. But we were lucky to have her as our feature for the first time in three years up on our stage so uh, sit back and enjoy the final poetry slam of 2013 and our feature Kelsey Savage seven days after we last kissed I collapsed at the cash register I think this in between love thing this almost affection thing this hours between texting thing this days between calls thing this tweeting from your other dinner date thing this no strings to keep me from falling thing might have been too heavy for this birdcage frame eyelids tight I went looking for stars in the warm dark of my thin skull and I shook and shook and shook and shook and shook till all the nights I spent chasing you and every lover you stood for spun out of me I do this every few months spend hours on a stretcher somewhere staring at the flickering white tubes in the cream ceiling and remind my nerves how to be scared of death again then I stare at my love life like some, fi- like some pile of fitted sheets I'm at a loss on how to fold and think what the fuck am I doing? Cross-legged in a hospital gown, I leave another message on your answering machine. Whisper, all your hard corners will be some soft dream I lean on someday. Sweetheart, I'm waiting for you to realize just how over we are. Cool. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I have a chapbook for sale. You are waiting for that. <laughs> it's five dollars. I like how some things don't change. Um, yeah, and uh, it's called Torches. Um, and I every time like really awesome albums come out that I love, I'm like, what does the title mean? Wait, I'll never know. That's mysterious. Awesome. Um, but I feel like I could just tell you. Uh, so I feel like the 20s, along with like realizing you don't know anything about anything, um, is meant for being significantly fucked over repeatedly by significant others. So the torches are the ones you hold for people who don't hold them for you. So if you're looking for 
some of that reading material. <laughs> it's mostly what I write about, and it's what my set's about, so let's have some fun. <laughs> Uh, this one is called Thank You. Some trees are hollowed out, carved and gutted with purpose. They are turned into boats. They dance backwards from their woodland homes, evolving out of their reaching skyward applause of twigs and light. They are shelled down to functioning fins. They are gliding bodies on the breaking waves now. For the past week, I have been contemplating two things. The fate of trees and the concept of grace. Because for the past three days, I've been wearing nothing but the cedar scent of my liquor cabinet and your old sweater. Grace is that act of giving when you're inside out. I thought of grace as I spilled coffee on my skirt this morning, missed my bus by 23 seconds as I caught my thumb in the door. But these, these are just the sounds of the days after someone leaves you. This is the sound of me tripping down the bleachers in my lungs. The very same ones I had cheered from when my fear of love became a creek I walked across. But this is not blame, darling. This is just my lost bearing speaking, my spinning vision, the ghost of I might marry you dimming in my chest. This is the street lamps we kiss beneath. This is your song is in everything. This is just the unraveling of you from every glowing thing in this city. This is the grief you walk towards. This is just me marveling at the girls that have that grace. Like I could be the one that turns, waves, even says thank you. All the while thinking, you will not be my first sight in the morning. You will not hold me on the sky train in front of all the watching eyes and the tunnel ahead. But you shouldn't be sad. Don't be sad for me. I'm just learning to hollow out now, biting waves in my wake to move on. I don't know where to put my water. It's too far, but I'm going to kick it if I put it anywhere close to me. Um, so my friend Ash, who I'm going to reference now, gave me some great advice before I came up here because I was like, I've been close to passing out for most of the day. Um, uh, it's normal. Uh, and uh, so she was like, it's okay. Instead of picturing everyone naked, picture that they're all vaginas. <laughs> so I just thought you should know what it is that I'm visualizing right now. <laughs> I haven't been drinking. Um, uh, so I do this really awesome thing. I get to be part of the uh, uh, Vancouver Poetry House's wordplay program. Yes. I love when. Yes. It's wonderful. Um, 
you get to go into, for those who don't know, I imagine everyone knows, but for like the one person here that doesn't know, um, you get to go into high school English classes um, and run spoken word workshop, workshops, and then like they get to tell you how much they hate poetry initially, and you leave, and they're like, it's okay, it's awesome now. Um, and at some point, we all reference Shane Koizan, so they know what we're talking about. So it's a really good marker. <laughs> Um, so this one is a one that I do a lot of, and it's called Stars. And I like to preamble it with, with, like, when you graduate, you get to go to college and take whatever you want. And it doesn't matter that it's useful. Um, and so I took a lot of Latin and, like, like linguistics things, because I just totally geeked out on that shit. Um, and so this is essentially a poem about that. And this is called Stars. It is said that in the year 500 B.C., there was a pharaoh named Samtik I, who would lie awake in his chambers at night, feeling the tug of gravity in the moon, and that he would paw at the tissues of his throat and marvel at the hum that would escape him as he gave names to each of the constellations. You see, Samtik was a man of wonder, the kind of man who would hold his hands heavy with thoughts of what galaxies lay beneath this current of skin? At night, in lieu of sleeping, he would imagine his body cut lengthwise to reveal this beating mystery and all the clusters he already had coordinates for. But this pharaoh still felt small. In the face of the spaces he still knew nothing of, for nowhere could he point and hum the words, it is, it is, it is here, right here, my people, that we find language. It is said that one morning he slipped three coins and the first sentence of a history lesson into the pockets of four deaf-mute servants and sent them into the mountains with two twin infants in tow. The pharaoh wanted to see what would become of the tongues of these toddlers. What language would they find amidst the dust in their voice box and the raw quiet of their cave? What words would their mouths take the shapes of if no alphabet were put there first. Years went by. And when those children were finally brought before him, the cities stood still. The palace walls leaned inwards to listen closer. The crowds craned their necks to see what would tumble from those chapped lips. It is said that one of the boys mumbled a word the pharaoh heard to be Beshos. This was the Phrygian word for bread. And there was silence. And the crowds dispersed, a little disappointed. They had been hoping for some symbol of the gods, some indication of divinity, not for the mundane edges of bread. Hearing Beshos did little more for the pharaoh. In the spaces he had hoped to fill with answers, he only found he had more questions, and he wondered then. What word had he been hoping to hear? And I think I know this feeling. I imagine how his throat must have felt that night, after the merchants had left his platforms bare and his city lay empty like the caves at its borders, how the tissues might have felt quiet for the very first time. Not unlike the throats of newly returned toddlers on the mats of his palace because I lie awake some nights, soft angled elbows at curtains. I listen to the discreet sound of the light changing behind the trees. I run a finger over the galaxies I have never tried to understand, but have lived with anyway. I try and imagine if my vocal cords were elastic bands, if I wrapped them like tension, 
between us. Wind them around your clavicle. Would your tug be the reason my voice rings through the both of us? How much do I need you to know where my words come from? Because these early theories tell us that language is half the stars and tissues that lie within us and half the mimicry of each other's light. So if we didn't have each other, would we stand like toddlers, sketching alphabets into scattered rocks, pulling crumbs of divine words from the cave walls, contented in our silence, thinking sound this distant myth and our quiet the noise of gods? Or would we be shamed infants, standing at the foot of a crowd, pushed to thinking there are deities waiting beneath the stretch of skin? Would we then paw at the tissues for our chance to make an entire city stand still with our single word? Now I'd like to point out how like disorganizedly OCD I am. I think there's a different category of person um, for this. Like you, you write out set lists, but you write them six times, and then you write no this one. So this is this is the one I'm doing. I just thought that was funny. So even though it's gone really quickly, I have two more poems left, um, and this one uh, is called Mason Jars. And it was actually funny, I feel like I wrote this about three or four years ago before mason jars became a thing. <laughs> like they were always a thing. I knew like we've had preserves since like the beginning of time, but like since hipsters reappropriated mason jars into being mugs that burn you when you hold hot liquid. <laughs> cool. Anyone else hear a whale right now? <laughs> Awesome. Cool. <laughs> I wish I could speak whale. <laughs> Wait, let's all take a minute. Wait, let's all take a minute and make whale sounds. <laughs> Best call and response ever. <laughs> that was sponsored by the Vancouver Aquarium. <laughs> all right, the poem now. <laughs> Mason jars, okay. <clears throat> the night we met, I was carrying around a backpack full of tin cans and glass mason jars. I'd been stringing the last of my tin cans across a city like clotheslines, through them, calling out to strangers, asking them if they counted their years like laundry, folding each week into the next. I asked you if past tense ever really happens, or if it's just a shoebox full of post-it notes we hand into another's keeping. You smiled and said you weren't really sure of anything, except maybe Latin endings and chemistry. <laughs> but you confessed to me then that you'd begun to witness your own collapse. You tucked your hand into the open mouth of science sitting between us and said, we are just particles, and they are not so much rearranging anymore as they are shrinking and becoming mist inside of us. You said you could feel yourself slowly collapse backwards into a memory right there in front of me. You said you could feel the photo albums begin to form in your arms. I replied, 
I am carrying around mason jars, and they are beginning to empty. And I'm looking for a home for them, for a shelf for these glass bodies, for a front foyer, for a Chesterfield rotting with the kiss of termites. I guess I'm looking for the kind of love that leaves the kitchen door unlocked. That night, we decided the shelves of our home would be lined with mason jars, each one of them labeled the names of places we hoped to go to together. And the sound of coins joining hands in hearts of open glass would ring through the hallways of this house in jars labeled Stonehenge, pyramids, Sundays spent so lazy. Parenthood. And the oldest jar we have, we will keep that one by the back door. So it will not witness any exit. It cannot pair safely with a return. We will label that jar sympathy. In that jar, we will put our first hair colors before we begin to silver. In that jar, we will put our tantrums, for they will belong to our children now. In that jar, we will put the eulogies of our parents. And one of us will need to visit that glass cage first. And this truth will hollow me out like the sound of unsettled change loose in my ribcage. When my mother falls, the third and final time, when your father stops calling, when the smell of my brother's clothes in his closet becomes the perfume of my tears, how early is too early to meet the person you will always grow beside? How young is just too young to know the one you will shrink in front of? The night we met, there was the sound of unsettled change joining in a heart of open glass somewhere in my middle ear because that night was rearranging around us. If we are collapsing in place, then each time we kiss, we become clothesline ears of particles folding into the spaces we have left open and empty for each other's hands. Thank you. I'm done with depressing you, so that's cool. Um, I have one more poem left, and uh, it's called Scrap Metal. And uh, I love it because uh, someone that I really love loves it. Um, and you know how you guys get, like, maybe it's just me, I don't think it's just me, but you know when you get super fangirl around someone, you're like, holy shit, you know who I am. Um, so I did that, because I found out that my favorite burlesque dancer, Lola Frost, really liked this poem and put it on her website. And I was like, what? What? Shit. Um, and then she performed to it at, uh, at a burlesque long form show at the Rio recently. So I asked her if she wanted to come and uh, join me in a little rendition here with it. Yeah. The shittiest way to end that is, oh, she's busy. She couldn't make it, but <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She's here. <laughs> um... And along with that, I have, uh, uh, I didn't get to have brothers. I had, my family's full of women, um, and I have a sister whom I adore, but I feel the person I'm about to introduce on stage with me is the brother I never had. Um, if any of you guys know him, uh, he did poetry when I did poetry, which is forever ago. Uh, his name is Francis Arvello. Come on, Francis, get on stage. You get the tall microphone.
Uh, now that I can talk in the microphone, can we just get a round of applause for Kelsey Savage? Yeah. Absolutely killing it. You want to unravel yours now or later? That sounded so sexual. I'm so sorry. Kelsey, we're brothers and sisters. We can talk about this. <laughs> Michael Scott moment. Okay. We're good to go. I have a poem right there. Okay. Do you want it? I'm good. Okay. Okay. So thank you, everyone, for being here. I know you're not here for me, but like, thank you for being here anyway. And I have uh, topics for sale right there. And this is Francis, and Lola will be on here soon. How much are your chapbooks? Five dollars. Hey. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and this is the last piece. So yeah. Tell me how you got here. I left the porch light on, cut through the park, and slipped through that finger paint smear we call dusk. I followed a trail of buskers, made a soundtrack for my travels as I walked past their cases, open and velvet and littered with coins like every musician's heart. Watching the way the night strips this city. How we lose our morning slouch for the upright posture of stars. How we pulse like the static charge of downtown's arms. How we transform at midnight like some Cinderella charm. See, I've grown up knowing that I am the watchtower heart in every room. I never learned how to walk like a spotlight, so began my daily vigil of listening to the scenery. Then I followed the scent of miracle found myself climbing a crooked staircase to this very room. The bartender was pouring two fingers of poison for the men in pinstripe suits. The women were snapping their fans in time with a seat of brass on stage. The floor was a mass of dark music, all angled in clean lines. And the dancers were turning songs into steps that came to them like a dream. And that is when the orchestra drowned out my hollow wishes for a quiet place to drink. That is when I swallowed the sound of some other era's nightlife like I had tunneled my way through some black and white lens. But be that as it may, my heart stopped when you walked in. Walking like an antiquian, swaying to the band. You dropped your coat at the first set of waiting hands and made your way through the crowd of dancers. Saddled by the long ache of rhythm, you began humming like the honeycomb had brought you your shoes. Started drumming all that clear gold back into the floor. This, this was, was your, your jungle. jungle. Where you had learned from backwards bending how best to find your hands again. Or that from every rope tug inquiry, you are pulled from your still wallflower heart. There are no corners in this room. Just this wooden carpet waiting for your feet. Just that tunneled stage showing you the speed of sound. We were leaning like cedars into, into the, the crescendo when you stepped on to the floor. understanding almost nothing of the world. We give little thought to the machine.
machinery that generates the sunlight that makes life possible. To the gravity that glues us to an earth that would otherwise send us spinning off into space. Or to the atoms of which we are made and on whose stability we fundamentally depend. horse town you sprinted head first from. The signature on the love letters piled high on your tire swing. What smaller things did you dream out of to be here? Because this floor can barely hold you for the offering that you are. And you're, you're humble, humble enough, enough to say, say you're, you're just, just dancing. dancing. Look at how you teach us the precise nature of freedom. How you are careful with the twisting ache to move so that each step is tattooed with intention. Each move, a trespass you've been given permission for. Like every chorus is an enemy you intend to win back. You pull the pulse from your wrist and wrap it around your feet. How is it we are made from the same scrap metal? You have no idea what it means to be audience when someone like you steps out. You have no idea how still we are, how stuck, bound, and hopeful. Knowing that you're out there is enough for some of us. You make this tinsel jigsaw of a body creak open. Darling, this is not just dancing that you do. That was Kelsey Savage, our feature from the December 30th Vancouver Poetry Slam. And uh, Kelsey used to be a member of the 2009 Vancouver Youth Poetry Slam team. And Kelsey is also currently a member of the Wordplay Poets in Schools program, which if you're interested in, you can uh, contact VancouverPoetryHouse.com. Well, we only have time for one poem from the competition this week, and that is the winning poem. So sit back. Here it is from Ransford. 2013, the current state. The currents are ripping tides like tsunamis And I'm just trying to stay afloat without feeling guilty As the usher passes along the confession plate I've been Cinderella'd Cause the clock has already struck 12 I'm just hoping I'm not too, too late Because it's war over peace Hatred over love They'd rather choose the raven over the dove We are now living in a twilight zone Whereas society, we oftentimes suppress our uniqueness and creativity And rather slave to the dollar and drone Where if it don't make dollar, dollar bills It most definitely don't make sense and the old money, it's got the youngins these days feeling mighty tense. That is until they get their young bucks. Young bucks, these days money's only given to those that can pass the test past the bar. Like a baton in a relay race. Or soap to clean up this mess like, ugh. And I just rhymed that word and it sounded doper than dope, dope, dope. Let's hope. Hope of the future, hope for better teachers and less preachers, hope, hope for understanding, hope for peace, hope for a world that don't need police, and we'll call that heavenly justice heaven, and I was subconsciously thinking like this before I was even 11 or maybe it was when I was 12, it was before my first seizure, when my mind should have been thinking about simpler things like leisure, because from as far back as then, I've always been a passionate thinker, it's just sometimes my headlights are on, but I can't seem to find the blinkers, I'm like a blind man in an even darker room but whenever I see the light it blinds my bell like tinker believe so believe be unique be unique for our future be hope hope I've always wanted to be a coach 
I would have learned enough from the third people to teach the fourth to simply believe to reach. Teach. Teach love. Please teach peace. Love. Teach hope to believe to reach increase. Because we were born from a limitless power. So our power is limit, limit, limitless. Undo the clock, tick tock, and reminisce. And when we remember, we must strive to remember our remembrance. Because fallen history will always repeat itself. Unless we unplug from the matrix and uniquely rise like Lord of the Flies. And if one flies over the cuckoo's nest, it gives the future hope again to dream about the catcher in the rye. I know we're in the rat race like mice and men, but that doesn't mean the simple-minded have to die. Because if that's the case, then I'd rather be the outsider, the greaser, the labeled space cadet. But at least I'll still be alive. Because the way that we're living, 1984 couldn't even imagine. It's like Fahrenheit 9-11, I mean 451. The firewood's a catch-22. First they take your pride, then your prejudice. But I'm not trying to talk down on it, because I'm most definitely in it. In this rat race, trying to make it out of the sewage to win it. But I guess I also always have been unplugged like, like a Rastafarian, like a Rasta to a far R. But Jesus Christ has always been my historian. I'm the heaven's message that you hear in the whisperings in the wind that you call fall. Yes, fall, because winter is coming and we are all fallen. But always remember, no matter how many times we fall, life always springs back. So continue to grow. You will reap what you sow. And in the sun, we will forever rise. That was Ransford Brempong, our winning poet from the December 30th Vancouver Poetry Slam. And uh, that's all the time we have for this week at Shout, Clap, Slam, live from the Vancouver Poetry Slam. I'm your host, R.C. Weslowski. Until next week, have a great week in poetry. We are the best kept secret in the universe.